0: All right, friends, let's take a deep breath and let it out, centering ourselves for this morning scripture passage that will be read by Harmonies Therese Osuji. Today's reading comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 27. Um, This translation is from the Common English Bible. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the Spirit of Truth, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans, I will come to you soon the world will no longer see me but you will see me because i live you will live too on that day you will know that i am in, i am in my father you are in me and i am in you whoever has my commandments and keeps them loves me whoever loves me will be loved by my father and i will love them and reveal myself to them judas not judas iscariot asked, Lord, why are you about to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, whoever loves me will keep my word. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever doesn't love me doesn't keep my words. The word that you hear isn't mine. It is the word of the father who sent me. I've spoken these things to you while I'm with you. The companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give to you. And not as the world gives. Do not be troubled or afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: Thank you so much for that beautiful reading and, and for that great welcome. It's lovely to be with you all. I wish this could happen more often, but it's a, a delight and a joy to see so many faces that I haven't got to see in such a long time. So um, thank you again for having me here with you. So the 50 days of tide are such a special time for us as Christians, and particularly this year, as we start to emerge from the past 18 months of the coronavirus pandemic, and move into what will become our new, and I pray much improved normal. These 50 days are defined by a resurrection hope, which is greater than all the challenges we face. And so today we continue our sermon series on hope, focusing particularly on how hope is greater than loneliness. Loneliness is something with which I think each and every one of us has experienced in new ways on this recent journey. Defined as an unpleasant emotional response to perceived isolation. Loneliness is also described as social pain, a psychological mechanism which motivates individuals to seek social connections. It's often associated with an unwanted lack of connection and intimacy. Sounds familiar, huh? But as Christians, we understand that the triune God is a relational God in relationship between God, Christ, and the spirit. So we as humans created in God's image are also relational creatures at our very core. When our need for relationship goes unfulfilled, we feel it deeply. These feelings of loneliness are like a warning light on your car dashboard to your brain, intended to get your attention to fix something that's not working as it should be. The feeling of loneliness is designed to motivate you to take action, to make sure that all of your relational needs are met. The pain and uncertainty, isolation and insecurity are all feelings and emotions which we have experienced since March of 2020. And we continue to do so, even as we begin this slow journey to whatever this new normal may be. And I think this short video perfectly illustrates the many ways we have all felt this isolation and loneliness. And this loneliness has affected each and every one of us across the board, from children unable to be in school and learn with their peers, to teens being able to graduate and start college, from people working in home offices to those in isolation in care homes, which was so badly hit by the pandemic, from those made homeless through loss of income to those mourning the loss of loved ones. There is no one who has not been affected in some way. Our scripture today speaks of the hope we find in being followers of Jesus and through the gift of presence of the Holy Spirit within us. This chapter of John begins with the disciples being anxious about Jesus leaving them. How would they cope without him? They'll be left here alone and unable to follow the path, the way that Jesus has been teaching them. The preceding chapter ends with Jesus revealing his summary of the 10 commandments, love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. But today's text takes that a step further by explaining that in order to help them do this, an advocate will be sent by God, who will be with us forever, such that through participation in the family and body of Christ, the church itself will become a family, a place where people are connected through relationships and shared goals, through mission work and love of neighbor, a place where people are connected and loved, cared for and not alone. In the words of theologian Catherine Amos, this living spirit of God knows us with great intimacy, will advocate for us in times of trouble and need, guide, educate, nurture and counsel us, and listen intently to us and respond to our joys and sorrows, nothing could give us more hope. How can we not have hope when we are assured of this, when we feel the loving presence of the spirit in so many tangible ways in our lives? Our midweek snack small group was discussing this subject a couple of weeks ago on a Wednesday evening. And we realized that the process of emerging from this isolation and loneliness is one to which we must pay attention. We are full of anxiety and fear about being with people again, at the same time as we yearn so badly for that human touch and interaction. When we see people every week, we keep up to date with their news and their lives and can check in and remember what is going on with them on a week by week basis. But we haven't been doing that for 15 months. We're going to have to navigate these new beginnings with love, grace, and patience, giving each other time to listen to our stories, being patient, being gentle, and being kind. Those relationships will all need love, care, and attention. And this applies also, of course, to our relationship with God. We need to develop and grow our relationship with God through prayer, spiritual practices, and holy conferencing with others, in order to maintain our connection and strengthen it so it becomes the first thing we rely on and the source of hope in all the situations we face. The pandemic didn't suddenly create loneliness. It was there in so many ways, shapes and forms prior to the world going into quarantine and stay at home orders. And that's important enough to repeat the pandemic did not create loneliness. It was already there in so many shapes and forms. A survey held in 2019 in the United States revealed that 30% of adults were experiencing loneliness in their lives. And a recent study in the UK revealed that one in five people experience loneliness to such a degree that they regularly have suicide ideation. These findings went across all generational strata, social backgrounds, cultures, and identities. And social media, media, so prevalently used these days, makes it easy to be someone's friend. But these friends we make only get to see the side of ourselves we choose to display. We don't know many of them, they don't know us. And yet the use of the word friend in this context seems so out of place when you can be connected to so many people on a screen and yet feel so completely alone. Particularly when those platforms are used to punish, ostracize, argue and demean those very people who are called friends. There are so many places where people have been made to feel alone and so many ways in which the systems we have built have deliberately perpetuated those feelings of isolation and separation for so many different groups of people. (music) Thank <music> And systems we have grown up with looked different. What if they looked like this? Or this? Or this? These images, more than any other I have seen, produce a stark and striking view of the reality of our world. And how do we respond to this? What are we called to do as we walk in the steps of acting in justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God? John's description of the spirit is such a relational one. Orphans will be adopted. Those who are disconnected become related and intertwined. The estranged are transformed into the beloved. Those on the margins are included in the whole. This is the work we are called to do in our part of the body of Christ. Because hope is greater than loneliness, because we have the gift of the spirit, because Jesus dwells in us and us in him, so we are never alone. We are empowered and called to be the hope for all those who are lost and alone. Those very words, you will know that I am in my creator, you are in me and I am in you, are the hope on which we rely and with the promise of the spirit, the advocator and comforter who assures that they will be with us forever, abiding in us and with us in such a way that we are never alone. This in turn then means that a community of people which loves and follows Jesus is able to support, exhort and empower individuals and groups. So becoming the tangible expression of the advocate and defining what that community is and how it works in the world to combat the loneliness and isolation caused by the systems we have created. This is not easy work. We are required to work not just on projects of compassion for the homeless, the naked and the stranger, but on justice too. Justice work which calls for change in the systems which we have been created and continue to perpetuate the crimes against so many and the loneliness experienced by over a third of this country's population alone. Being the hope means having the courage to speak out against injustices, to write to elected officials, to exercise your right to vote and many, many other things but it also means getting to really know the people against who the injustices are meted out. Who are they? What is their story? What are their hopes and dreams? What do they want you to do to help them? Building relationships with those who are different to us, learning to understand them, their needs, their stories, their souls. This is the way forward and our call as followers of jesus loved and advocated for by the spirit we are not alone and nor are they let's show them how and why amen
2: the lord is my shepherd goes before me, defender behind My cup's overflowing overflow Restores my soul